You are listening. You're listening. You're listening. Estás escuchando. To the life. To the life. The life at AT&T. This is going to be good. You are listening to the life at AT&T podcast. Welcome to the life at AT&T podcast. I'm your host, Doug Magdish. Well, if you can believe it, it's election time in America. We'll soon be picking our nation's top leaders. Now, don't worry, I haven't decided to take a turn and start talking politics. Believe me, that is not something you want me to dive into. But instead, we're talking leaders, AT&T leaders. Hi, I'm Early. For this month's episode, we went coast to coast to interview three women with vice president in their titles. Excellent. I'm going to ask you some very basic questions about your background. We started in El Segundo, California, to talk to one vice president who joined AT&T just a little over a year ago when we acquired DirecTV. Caroline Leach. I'm vice president of customer experience and marketing analytics. Then we chatted with one of our leaders in the Dallas headquarters building. My name is Eliska Paratore and I am the Vice President of Human Resources, and I support ATO. And of course, considering my hook off the top, we had to catch someone in Washington, D.C. My name is Joan Marsh, and I'm the Senior Vice President of Federal Regulatory. I wanted to talk to them about what it's like to rise to a senior leadership position at AT&T as a woman. Lucky for us at AT&T, we have many female leaders who can serve as examples, stories I hope everyone can relate to. The three we're featuring in this month's podcast aren't only geographically diverse, what they do is very different too, but I think you'll hear some similarities in their stories. First up, Caroline Leach. As I mentioned earlier, Caroline's been with AT&T for just over a year because that's when AT&T acquired DirecTV. She started at DirecTV 17 years ago. She was a communications leader. When we as DirecTV became part of the AT&T family, um, my role changed and evolved and I had an opportunity to pivot and move into marketing, into a marketing analytics role where I had some level of background in certain areas, but on many levels it was completely new to me and I was able to step in and very quickly <laughs> have to come up to speed on a variety of new, um, new job responsibilities, which, is, which was pretty exciting and I think is probably the way a lot of career changes happen now with the world changing so quickly. Now Joan Marsh, who's been here for just slightly over 20 years. I took this role over just recently on October 1st. In this capacity, I have responsibility for all of the regulatory issues pending before the FCC uh, here in Washington, D.C. I joined the company uh, with Legacy AT&T in 1996, actually as a product of the Telecommunications Act. And since then, the company's gone through lots of changes. So I started as a wireline lobbyist and attorney. Uh, for a while, I worked on cable issues when we were a cable company, and then after the Bell South deal, I inherited our wireless portfolio, and I've really been doing wireless and spectrum predominantly since then. And finally, Aliska Paratore, who also has about two decades of experience at AT&T. I am an HR business partner, and if you think about that particular role, that's the person that clients go to to help them with their 
their people resources. No two days are ever the same. And no two problems or issues are ever the same. You get to work on a variety of different things from client to client to client. So I moved from Wireline back in 2007 to Wireless supporting our mobility products. For me, hearing just a little about all of their positions, one common thread came down to one word. Change. 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 So you talked a little bit about how your roles have changed. Talk to me about how the company has changed since you've been here and maybe how that's affected your role. Sure. Um, things are a lot faster than they have ever been before. When I first joined all that those years ago, things would take a lot longer. Um, systems are faster. People are faster. Change is faster. Um, we're more accessible. I know you probably don't remember this, but there was a time where not everyone had a cell phone. But <laughs> I know they do today. You had that a, was my high school. I had a pager. You in a had high a pager. Yeah, of course. Aww, I'll beat <laughs> then, I, then I'd go. Yeah, then I'd go to the payphone and make my call. And exactly. You always had to have change on you. Yeah. But so, you felt really cool when you got the. Anyway, exactly. Sorry. No, no. But imagine that. I mean, before when you had the pager, you had to get the page. Then you had to find a phone. Then you had to call the person person back and if they weren't there um, maybe there was voicemail maybe there wasn't and think how long it was to make that connection mm -hmm. when now instantaneously within seconds we're working an issue or a problem mm -hmm. so because of that things have gotten a lot faster so whether it's the way we work or the jobs we have change is constant you can't get comfortable if you want to get ahead and that's true no matter where you work or for that matter no matter what your gender is so now let's get down to it I wanted to know, as a woman, what is it like to be a senior leader? For Joan, the challenges come from outside of AT&T. Very often, when I sit down at the ta a table here in D.C., I'm the only woman. When I sit on a panel, or occasionally I've testified before Congress, it's not unusual for me to be the only woman. And so I think we need to see more, and that's an issue that I've been thinking a lot about and trying to talk a lot about, um, but I, I feel things are changing, but they need to change more. I do believe that as a woman in technology, particularly at a senior level, you have to be aware of um, some of the challenges that you face in terms of, particularly in this town, how women are perceived and how their voices are heard. I feel like I've walked away with a style um, in which I understand that I have to be aggressive in positioning my voice out there. I have to make myself part of the conversation uh, and I have to make sure my voice is being heard. That idea of being there, being heard, being at the table, and being an example for young women aspiring to leadership roles, that's something all three leaders brought up. Here's Aliska. I think in my mind, as you get more women in those roles, um, then more women aspire and see themselves in those roles. So you just have to crack the door a little bit. So if you have an all-male team and you just add one woman to that team, it's like a magnet. Other women will start seeing themselves in that role and aspire to that role, and that will increase the pipeline of qualified candidates that you have. So it's just taking that very first step. You know, you got to start somewhere. If you don't start and if you don't have the conversations, then nothing will change. And so I'm glad we're having the conversations. One of the things that work, that's been shown to work really well is sponsorship, where men are involved in terms of gender equality, where um, men are looking at all leaders, people with all different kind of backgrounds, and very consciously saying, 
who are they going to choose to sponsor? Who are they going to choose to champion? And among that group that they're going to champion, is it really a diverse group of people on multiple dimensions? And that can be really important to, to bring people along, to give people opportunities. Within AT&T, all three leaders agreed there are great opportunities for women. Here's Caroline. Everybody's very welcoming. Everyone is um, open to sharing equal airtime. I think as a woman in AT&T or as, a, as any type of performer within AT&T, if you are uh, committed to what you're doing, if you're delivering results in the right way, if you're respecting others and all of those things, it opens opportunities for you. And I think AT&T has done a great job of trying to create these opportunities and, and I think that's going to be a big part to trying to understand this and trying to enable everybody who works for this company to meet their full potential. It's a great company, um, a lot of opportunity, a lot of opportunity to try a variety of different roles and what I've seen that successful people in the company have very consciously chosen to move around frequently and to try a lot of different areas and really work on the breadth of their experience and develop a deep understanding of how the business works by working in a variety of different places. And you can do that here. And that leads me right into parting advice from each leader to women looking to get ahead. Be persistent and don't give up, and when you run into obstacles, uh, just know that's part of the process, and if you're not running into obstacles and rejection, you're probably not trying hard enough. Set your aspirations high, um, decide what it is you want to do. Don't worry about how you're gonna do it, you'll figure out how to do it as you go along, and uh, rack up those rejections, because those are signposts along the way that you're getting to where you want to go. And I encourage them all to be um, very vocal and very courageous in what they're prepared to do, to take risks, to find their voice, to be part of the conversation, uh, and to be really owning the issues. I mean, that's another challenge as well, is you have to really step up to the technology and understand it, to be able to advocate about it. So to really take ownership of the issues and, and not to shy away from offering their opinions and offering their voice. Uh, and that takes some skill and some time to develop, but. Um, I really encourage them to stand up and lean in on these issues and be heard. Take more risks. And what I mean by that is as a man, when you're ready for another opportunity, if you're 50 to 60% ready, then you're going to go for that opportunity. As a woman, you're looking to be 90 to 100% ready, and then you'll go for that opportunity. And I think that's one thing that I would like to change is for us to take more risks when we think we're ready. Because what I find is that you're more ready than you think you are. And with that, I'm ready to close out another Life at AT&T podcast. Big thanks to Caroline Leach, Aliska Paratore, and Joan Marsh for making the time to share their stories and advice. If you like what you heard, please give us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. And you can reach me via email at lifeatatt.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.